California is going to speak on trust, I guess is the short version. Hi, I'm Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. And when Mary called me and asked me to, to speak, I was thrilled. My husband was more thrilled than I was. And she went through the list and trust jumped out at me. And then a few, she called me two weeks later to confirm that I wasn't bailing out on her. And she said, well, what else could we call your talk? And I, there's a joke around Al-Anon. How do you know that an alcoholic is lying? Anybody know the answer? His lips are moving. <laughs> so I, <laughs> his lips are moving. So, so I said that to Mary. Well, how about, you know, how do you believe an alcoholic when his lips are moving? <laughs> and she thought that was great, but she couldn't get it past the people that were printing the program. <laughs> so that's the funny topic, the title for my talk. And I said that because when trust jumped out at me, I never thought I would be able to trust my spouse again. That was the big issue for me um, that led up to treatment, during family week, after treatment, for a year. I kept harping on, when am I going to be able to trust this man? When am I going to be able to trust this man? When am I going to be able to trust this man? Part of the disease that I have is the need-to-know disease, is what I ended up calling it. Um, I had the need-to-know disease bad. Bad, I had this disease. I was shameless. I went through drawers. I looked for syringes. I went through notebooks. I went through date books. I went through briefcases. I went through all those bags. I went through everything, trying to find out what was going on. Well, it was a rude awakening when I went through a book and started to read a fourth step and thought, oh, shit, why did I read this? Because then I, then I needed to do something about the information that I found. Because the information I found was jeopardizing people's lives. And I didn't know that. And I was still unable to do anything. You know, it, if all it was was a need-to-know disease, it was not a need-to-act disease. It was just a need-to-know disease. And, and that continued, you know, that, that continued afterwards. Uh, fortunately, his higher power caused this great crash, and um, I didn't have to do anything with, soon after I found this, this uh, fourth step thing. And, but there I was, still focused on, how do I trust this man? How do I trust this man? How do I trust this man? I said it to the family center. I said it to the, to the therapist I found at home. I said it to the Al-Anon people who would listen to me. You know, they listened for about a week. And then, <laughs> and then started to say, focus on yourself. And it wasn't until I started to focus on myself that, and I started to believe my own lips and started to believe my higher power's lips that I began to trust again and began to trust him. And I don't know what it was. It took, it took me hitting the wall with myself to begin to trust him. It, and it was such an example of how focused I was on him, even after he came home from recovery or treatment and started his recovery at home, how focused I was on him. When am I going to be able to trust him? Now, I don't know what I expected, a list, 
a checklist. You did not do this. That would have been nice. You did not do this today. You did do this today. You know, that would have, you know, I could have easily made one of those up. I was looking for all of that. I was looking for an outside source to prove to me that I could be trusted or that he could be trusted. Not that I, you know, it didn't even occur to me that I needed to trust myself. This was way before that happened. Um, but boy, I was looking for the, re- you know, a way to trust him. Him, 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 him. Am I, I should have had it, you know, emblazoned on my forehead. Him. I was still so focused on him. You know, and it took months. It took months of going to Al-Anon. It took months of going to Al-Anon for my anger level to come down to about 10% of over normal. Um, it took months of me going to Al-Anon saying, when am I going to trust him? When is he going to be trustable? Um, to begin to think that maybe I don't need to trust him. He went into treatment in January and um, came home in April. I went away to our treatment center for a week because that's all I could squeeze out. I needed to go away for months. I mean, as I said at the opening meeting, the treatment center I checked him into didn't know who the patient was because I was a wreck the day that I checked him in. And um, it got to be November uh, in our town in Santa Barbara. There's an AA convention in November. So we're at our first big AA Al-Anon convention, and it's Saturday night, and it's the speaker's banquet, and it's the dance afterwards. And there I am at the dance, flirting with everybody in the place, okay, having this great time, talking to all these other guys. He's off talking to his friends, and it dawns on me that all of these men are alcoholics, and I think they're wonderful. (laughs) And... And I said, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you know, there is a real problem here. <laughs> and it's not him, 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 or them, them, them. It is you, you, you. And that was one of the, 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 the things that opened my eyes, that I really had to begin to work on myself, that I had to work with my sponsor on the steps, that I had to begin to trust and trust myself higher power before I could trust myself. And and that has been hard. I, I heard an Al-Anon speaker from the L.A. area say that she grew up in a normal alcoholic family. So did I. I grew up in a normal alcoholic family, learned all those normal things that you learn in an alcoholic family. I was a good student. I was conceived in alcoholism. I was raised in alcoholism. And it was a normal alcoholic family. I learned survival skills that did me well. You know, I learned how to read people's minds. I learned how to read people's moods. I learned how to stay and become invisible. That was my favorite trick. If I just close my eyes and, and don't breathe, then I become invisible. Um, you know, I learned several useful skills in growing up in an alcoholic family and then translated them into the, the marriage that I had. You know, I just thought I was nuts. That, that, was, that was when the addiction first started. I thought, I, I'm crazy. That's, you know, uh, that's what it is. I'm crazy. And then the other part of me kept saying, this relationship is just like your mother and father. What's going on here? Didn't occur to me that it was alcoholism. Did not occur to me or drug addiction because I hadn't found any evidence of that yet. And growing up in a normal alcoholic family, I thought everybody drank 10 beers a night. You know, I mean, it, it, it just, that whole gestalt of alcohol being such a part, every part of your life, I, it, it didn't... I really didn't figure out what was going on. I couldn't read minds that well. (laughs) I thought I could, but I couldn't read minds that well. And I had to unlearn those skills and begin to listen 
to my higher power and to begin to trust that uh, things, that it would work out. Um, and, and, and it was not easy for me. It was not easy. It was very hard. And it has taken a long time. So I moved out of thinking him, him, him into me, 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 and, you know, I still didn't get it. I still didn't get that you just trusted. I began collecting evidence. Okay, I'll collect evidence. I'm a good nurse. You know, I can do good charting. I can, I can do good observations, and I began to collect evidence. So instead of writing gratitude lists, I write these evidence lists that perhaps there is a higher power in my life. Okay, why? How, you know, what makes you think that's so? You know, and, and, and they would be enormously long compared to the little list I'd write of what's, what was wrong at that time. You know, it was sort of a gratitude list. It was just done through a different pair of eyes. So then I began to think, okay, maybe there is a God. And, you know, all right, my life is unmanageable, okay, and someone, you know, there's the power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I, I knew that that needed to be, I, I knew that, you know, especially after that AA dance, I knew I needed to be restored to sanity in a big way. And, and you know, then, then coming... You know, uh, uh, making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him was hard because I didn't, I, I didn't realize I could reinvent God. I mean, everybody said that, oh, God could be any, your higher power could be anything you want. It could be the group, it could be the kitchen sink, just believe in a power greater than yourself. So I, you know, I could do step two. But it was a long time before I could do step three because I did not believe God cared for me. You know, to, to place myself in the hands, in the care of God. Well, you know, this God that we had growing up did not do very much for me, except keep me in this alcoholic family. It, you know, uh, I was grateful. The mother that I had identified there was alcoholism. Oh, your father's an alcoholic. Well, that was it. You know, there was nothing more. Oh, your father's an alcoholic. Does that mean that there's carte blanche for whatever be? That's what it translated into. There was carte blanche for whatever behavior went on. That was the excuse. That was the reasoning. There was no more. She didn't have the steps to teach me. She didn't have any tools of Al-Anon to teach me anything else. Except her thing was, well, turn it over to the Lord. Well, you know, if you don't have any other tools, it, it was like turn it over and get hit again. Turn it over and get hit again. So it was very difficult to come to the point where I could believe that I could turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. I had to reinvent God for me. I had to reinvent a higher power that trusts. And, and it, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I wish I could say that I had some big spiritual awakening and got hit on the head and, and had a light, but that didn't happen. It's just been slowly, it's just been excruciating for me, um, coming and showing up. You know, I, I never gave up. I always kept coming back because I wanted to get better. I wanted to get better. And I, and I did the things my sponsor said, but I just, it, it, it took, it took four years for me to finish step three. To really do step three. Now, I'm embarrassed to say that in front of all of these super Allen honors, um, but uh, it did. It took me four years to believe that there was, that I could turn my will and my life over to the care of God. And it took it at a step study meeting when we were reading out of the 12 and 12 pamphlet. I don't know if, if you've read out of, it, the, not the book, but the little pamphlet. 
where it talks about the care of God. You know, that it was just at that meeting where I thought, oh, there's another part. I, I don't only have to make a decision to turn my will and my life over. You know, that's as far as I'd get. Make a decision to turn my will and my life over. And I'd leave out the rest of the step. And it wasn't until I embraced that there actually was a higher power that cared for me and loved me just the way that I was. All of those things I'd been hearing at the meetings from my therapist in the readings that it, it and, and I don't know what happened, you know, it was just, it just was gradual for me that it actually did happen, that that there is a God that I can trust, that there is a God that loves me just the way that I am and will help me and cares for me. It, it's truly remarkable to now have someone in my life that cares for me. That is never going to go away. My higher power is never going to go away. And my higher power is always going to care about me. Sometimes I listen better than other times. Um, but that's, and that has been trust for me. That has been that leap. I wish I could say that it was a leap of faith, you know, Kierkegaard's thing where you jump off the cliff. Um, I jump and come back, jump and come back, jump and come back. Uh, you know, okay, I'll trust you for a little bit. And, and, and because I now trust my higher power, it spills over into the rest of my life. I can trust the other people in my life. I didn't believe I didn't trust you because I was such a sucker. You know, that, that was the other half, the other side of my disease. I mean, it was need to know, and then I was so gullible. I would, and then on the other hand, I believed everything you said to me. Um, I could never tell when you were joking. Um, I was always ultra-sensitive. You know, talk about a sensitive alcoholic. A sensitive al is even worse, I think. Um, and, and I... So I never could tell when people were telling me the truth because I had no... There was no truth in my household growing up. Um, it was completely... <laughs> no, it's, you're not seeing that. Or you're... It just... There was no way. I, I had no experience in having what I saw in front of me validated. Um, and so as I began to trust my higher power, I then began to trust myself and my little voice and what I knew was right. This person that had always sat next to me, named Kathleen, that was telling me what was going on my whole life, moved inside my body, thank you, and began to talk to me from inside my body and, and, and tell me what was going on. And I would believe that person. And, and, and it got to be more and more wonderful to actually... I'll integrate this person that was over here all the time and then to actually start to believe to, to believe people and to believe myself to ask questions when they were appropriate to mind my own business when it was appropriate um, because if I trusted my higher power I would find out what I needed to know and I did I did you know when when I wanted to know everything family week I wanted to know everything god damn it I wanted all those answers then I got to the point where I wanted none of the answers. Thank you. And when we started to come to the IDAA, my husband started to tell me everything that was going on in our lives at that point. He started to tell me all those things that I thought I needed to know during treatment. And, and we sat, I sat at dinner and he started one evening at, at, at one of these meetings and he started to tell me and I said to him, excuse me, I really don't want to know. You know, if, if you need to tell me this, find someone to be a sponsor and tell that person because I don't want to know. And I never thought in my life I would say that. Never thought I would say, 
you know what? That's in the past, and I don't want to know. And, and it happened. It is a miracle. If anybody's waiting for that miracle, wait. You know, just wait. You know, when, when I first came, I haven't heard this in a long time, and I heard it this morning. Don't quit five minutes before the miracle happens. You know, uh, don't. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Because now I, I don't want to know. You know, it, I don't. And it's, it is so liberating because then I can focus on myself and I can focus on what I need to know. And, and, you know, now it, now I get told all the things that I needed to know. When I don't want to know, now they tell me. And so, <laughs> and, and this man that I kept saying, oh, I'll never trust him again. I'll never trust him again. I'll never trust him again. We've hung in there and we've, it, it hasn't been easy. I, I thought the first two years of sobriety, it, I was going to kill the man. I'm, you know, I'm sorry for everybody who's here at less than a year onward, but it does not get easier <laughs> for a while. You know, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I was under that illusion that, that, You'd stop drinking and everything would be fine, thank God. And it wasn't. I mean, we, we, I really almost killed him more than once before his third birthday. And, and now, you know, now he wants to kill me sometimes and it goes back and forth and, um, but we work at it and we stay together and the trust has come and it is a miracle. That's all I can think. That is all I can say is that it is a miracle. When, when you stop focusing on him, when, you know, thank God the tattoo was removed. And, and I, I was able to focus on myself and I was able to say, you know, this is what I need and do all those things that you're supposed to do. Ask for what you want, know what you, know what you want first. Ask for what you want. Say what you mean, mean what you say. All those things, when, when I'm able to do all of that, there is this abundance of trust. And it really is, it, it's, it's a gift. It is, it is a gift. The whole, everything that we have is a gift. Um, because I just had no clue how we would get from here to there. That we would ever be there was, was beyond me five years ago. Um, we, I have five years in Al-Anon and he's got, uh, I don't know, five years in eight. And that's it. I don't even know his sobriety date anymore. Isn't that wonderful? I just never thought that I could give it all over. I, I never thought I could do that. And, and I, and I don't, um, I don't, and it's wonderful. It's somewhere around five years, I don't know. Um, and, and it's just, to be able to live that way is just a gift. Um, it's a gift from God. And yes, I'm grateful that I married an alcoholic because I never would have, I, I would have been dead. You know, I had Alanonism so bad that I would have been dead. Somehow I would have been dead. Um, and, and it was all those events of my higher power, you know, the evidence list. <laughs> Before I was even aware that I should be making an evidence list, there has been a God in my life, a higher power in my life, that has believed in me when I didn't believe in him or her, you know, it's, uh, and, and took me where I needed to go, did for me, you know, and Al-Anon, the Al-Anon groups, did for me what I couldn't do for myself, which was believe the words that were coming out of my mouth. You know, for months it was just believing that the, everybody sat in these rooms and the rooms back at home and believed the things I had to say, took me seriously, didn't patronize me, didn't pat me on the head, did all those things that, you know, no crosstalk and just listened. It was such a gift to have somebody do that in my life, at, at finally. And it really, it, it, it really is, is uh, living in fear versus living in trust, you know, and, and that's 
much. Now, there, there, I, I wish I could say, you know, I sound like, oh, I do it all the time. Well, I don't. You know, there's plenty of times I take it back from God, and there's plenty of times I think, well, how, you know, how is this going to happen? And, and it does. And it does. It does. To trust, it does. It, it just, it just means letting it go and getting out of the way. It, I, I wish there was a way you could do it, but you just have to come and hang around these rooms and listen to everybody. And it's osmosis. You know, that's, that's it. It's osmosis. You come and you listen and, and it, and you change. This past year, you know, so, so I got this life and now I do things and it's not, my wagon isn't hitched to his star anymore and I'm doing my own thing and, and I'm doing the PTA thing at school, you know, to, to keep the California school system afloat. And, um, I was really pissed off at my husband because I wanted to go to the state PTA convention. And that meant, you know, him getting off for a few days and taking care of everybody and me going off to San Francisco to do my thing with the PTA ladies. And he was not cooperative at all and fought me and resisted me, you know, and so and, and, and bucked me the whole time without an answer. And, of course, I was not grown up enough to say, excuse me, this is really what I want. You know, I was still waiting for him to enable this to happen. I have to honestly say that, too. The deadline comes and goes. I don't sign up. I don't go. The time comes and goes. I must admit there was a squoosh of resentment, but I got over it. It was like, okay, this wasn't meant to be. Three months later, I am at the IDAA all by myself with my husband at home taking care of our three children. With he enabled this to happen. He, he was, he, he bought the ticket, he made the travel arrangements. You go, you have a great time. No problem, I can handle everything. And I walked out with my suitcase packed. And it, it, it is a gift. You know, if, if I had said, well, do you want to, you know, if God, if God didn't say to me, which choice do you want, the PTA meeting or the IDAA meeting, there would have been no choice. I would have said the IDAA. I didn't know that God had this planned for me. You know, I didn't know that this gift, which is so important to me, would actually happen. You know, if I took a breath and I trusted, okay, I didn't get to the first thing that, you know, my ego thought I wanted, but I was given something even greater in return. And, and, and it's just remarkable. It, it is just remarkable. And that man that I never thought I was going to be able to trust, how could I trust him with our children? How can I do this? Oh, you stupid drug addict. You know, he's home, taking me, being Mr. Mom. And, and I don't even give it a second thought. I, I don't even give it a second thought. So don't quit five minutes before the miracle happens. Keep coming back. Thanks. <laughs>